For God, you alone are worthy to be praised. God, you alone is worthy to be exalted, O God. And Lord, we come to you tonight for our city, O God, for our county tonight. Lord, we come for our state, Lord God, for our district, Lord, for our superintendent and his family, Lord, and our district board tonight, Lord, and each and every family and loved one, God, all of our pastors, O God, and O God, all over this nation, O God, and all around the world, God, there's so many, Lord, that's facing uncertainty, O God, with this coronavirus, O God, but we know that you are the great I am, the way, the truth, and the life, and the door. And God, you said in your word, if there's a drought upon the land, or you sent locusts, O God, uh, if there's a pestilence in the land, you said if your people, which are called by your name, would humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, that you would hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, uh, and heal the land. We call to you tonight, Father, because God, you are the only wise God. You are the healer, Lord. Lord, you are the deliverer. You tell me in your word, God, to call upon you in the time of trouble. And you would hear us and deliver us, and we will glorify your name. And, God, we call to you tonight. Oh, God, we call upon the one that's high and lifted up. We call upon the name that's above every other name. We call to you, Jesus, because, God, your word tells me that you are my refuge and my strength, that you are a very present help in the times of trouble. You said, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the mix of the sea, and though the rivers roar with trouble, O God, and the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, you tell me to be still and to know that you are God, that you will be exalted in the land, that you will be exalted among the heathens, O God. Your word is pure. Your word is forever established. Your word is truth, God, from the beginning and to the end. Father, you said that they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I would abide under the shadows uh, of the Almighty, and I could say of the Lord that he is my refuge and my fortress uh, and my God in whom I will trust. You said, surely you will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Uh, You will cover us with your feathers and under your wings. uh, We will trust God in your truth that will be our shield uh, and our buckler, O God. You said the plague shall not come nigh our door. uh, Oh, God, because you will give your angels charge over us to keep us uh, in all thy ways. Oh, God, we thank you again tonight for your promises are always yes uh, and they're amen. God, and I pray tonight. uh, that you go into every nursing home, uh, every hospital ward, those that has been diagnosed already with this virus, God. And I'm asking you to heal, Lord. Uh, I'm asking you to pull your blood out over them, God. I plead your blood uh, over this nation, oh God. This is your nation, oh God. Uh, and we plead your blood tonight over it, oh God. Uh, we're asking you, God, to forgive us of our sins. Uh, forgive us of the wrongs that we may have did. Uh, the evil that we may have cocked up, oh God. We're asking you, God, to forgive us tonight, oh God, that you will heal this land, oh God, that you would deliver, that you would set the captives free, that you would break the stronghold of the enemy, oh God. Lord, I know there's nothing impossible for you to do tonight. I pray tonight for our district, every pastor, oh God, every leader, oh God, in our district tonight. I pray that you give them encouragement, give them strength. Uh, Every saint of God uh, tonight around the globe, oh God, those that are in Italy, those that are in Germany, no matter where they are tonight, oh God, in the globe. We're asking you tonight, Lord, to let your healing reach to them, our military men and women, God, that may find themselves in harm's way. God, we pray that you keep your head and your protection over them. Protect them from hurt, harm, and danger. Stand with them, oh God. Stand with them. Your word tells me, God, that the Lord I serve is a God of war. You are the commander-in-chief, oh God, and we put our trust in you. 
as your servant David said tonight, God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright, O God. We stand on the promise of your word. We believe you tonight, God, that you will heal. In your time, in your time, your word tells me that you make all things beautiful in your time. And I know, God, that all things do work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. And I thank you tonight, God, that you have not changed. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the almighty God. You are the bread of life. You are the comforter. You are the door. You are the everlasting life. You are the faithful one. You are the holy one. You are the indwelling spirit. You are the just king. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the master. You are the name that's above every name. You are the omnipresent spirit. You are the prince of peace. You are the quickening spirit. You are the rose of Sharon. You are God, my Savior. You are my truth, my unliving bread. You are my victor tonight, O oh God. You are my word made flesh, O oh God. You are my expectation. You are my yoke. You are my zeal, O oh God. All I have need of and all could ever desire, it is in you, Jesus. And I put my trust in you. I trust you to hear us tonight. I trust you, God, that you would deliver us and this nation, oh God. We're not going to fear. We're not going to complain when it's all over, God, because I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that you're able to commit that which we have committed to you against that day, oh God. And we do cast our cares upon you tonight because you do care for us, oh God. I pray again, God, that you will bless our organization, bless this nation, bless every church, bless every pastor, bless every saint of God, no matter their denomination. Bless our president tonight. Bless his cabinet, God. Bless those that have to make decisions in their state. Oh, God, in their governing bodies tonight. Oh, God, give them wisdom. Give them knowledge. Give them understanding of you. You give them directions. You move upon their hearts. You move upon their minds. You direct their steps. Because you said that the steps of a good man is order of the Lord, and you delight in his way. So give our leaders of our nation and our cities and our states, God, wisdom and knowledge and understanding and might and fear, God, and counsel, that they will lead us through this troubled time, that the people will walk in faith and belief in you, and they will have peace that passeth all understanding, because you're the mighty God, and you're the great I am, and we trust in you tonight, Lord. We believe you, Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Faith can move mountains. Mountains of fear and of doubt. Faith can move mountains. So why don't you try your faith out? Oh, faith can move mountains, mountains of fear and of doubt. Oh, faith can move mountains.
acceptance. So why don't you try your faith out? If you listen tonight, oh, faith can move mountains, mountains of fear and of doubt. Oh, faith can move mountains. So why don't you try your faith If you're listening online, why don't you reach out to Jesus and sing this with me? Oh, faith can move mountains, mountains of fear and of doubt. Oh, faith can move mountains. So why don't you try your faith out? Oh, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Oh, have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in God. Oh, faith can move mountains, mountains of fear and of doubt. Oh, faith can move mountains. So why don't you try your faith out? Jesus, we trust you. We trust you, God. We know that you can do anything, oh God. Your word tell us, God, that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ever ask or think uh, according to the power which worketh in us, oh God. I, I thank you, Lord God, that I have another chance, God, to lift my voice uh, and to give you praise and to give you glory and to give you honor and to give you thanks tonight, oh God, I trust in you tonight, in Jesus' precious name, in Jesus' precious name. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight, and those of you who are listening online tonight, we invite you to study with us tonight. We're coming from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. We're talking about recognizable faith. We've been talking about the importance of our faith being recognized. As Christians, our faith must be recognized uh, to a lost and dying world. Amen. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, he says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine among men that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when we follow Jesus, amen, and his ministry and his teachings and his development of the disciples, as we have talked about, uh, you know, is it, it was all about faith and to get them to believe and trust in his abilities and who he was and to follow the examples of the things that he had set down before us. Now, Peter tells us in First Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, he says, beside this, Given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, 
They make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Amen. So God wants us through his word and join us. He wants us to have recognizable faith. We have to get to the part to where we believe in God and we trust in God and we follow God's example and God's direction. You can have faith. Amen. A lot of times people say, you know, I don't have faith or my faith is weak or I can't believe. Well, those are questions or comments that should cause you to increase your faith. If you say, I do not have faith, then that means you need to work to get faith. Uh, and the Bible tells us that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. God gives us all a portion, and so he expects us to do something with it. Now, we have studied also about the, the guys with the talents. He gave one five, he gave one two, and he gave one one. We started at the one with five put his to use, and the one with two put his to use, and the one that with the one did nothing with his, and it was taken from him and given to the one with the five, ten. Amen. And if you notice, we said last week, the one with the five talents that got ten, and the one with the two talents that got four, the Lord told them to enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. The more faith we have, <coughs> excuse me, the more we will trust God, the more we will believe in God, the more our faith will be recognized. Amen. So some of the ways that we can cause our faith to be recognized is, number one, a solid life of prayer. Amen. If we pray, Jesus says in Luke 18, 1, I would that man would pray and not faint. Amen. We see Jesus constantly was still in the way at certain hours and he would pray. And one of the first things you see that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them before he asked, they asked them to teach him anything else was Lord Teach us to pray. See, if we pray, then we, our faith will begin to grow. Amen. Our faith will begin because that's to me is what prayer is, is you're going to God for a need or an intercession and you're believing that God will meet that need or what you're asking him to do. So as you do that, and the more you do that, the more your faith is going to increase. Amen. Especially if you pray, amen, and God answers that prayer, and you see that it was answered in relation to what you asked him to do, you're going to trust him. You're going to believe him. You're going to keep following him, and you're going to believe that God will answer prayer. So we need to pray. Daniel, the Bible tells us in Daniel, that Daniel prayed three times every day. Amen. I don't know if it was morning, noon, or night, but that's a good plan. And you notice we've been praying around here, you know, three times a day. That was one of the things I asked you all to do, is to pray three times a day. Amen. And so if we pray three times a day, who knows what God will do in this situation that our nation is facing right now. Amen. We need to just keep bombarding the door because even when you look in Luke 18, 1, <coughs> excuse me, that Jesus even said, I wish that men would pray and not faint. And then he tells the story about an unjust judge and a woman that kept going to him to ask him to avenge her of her adversaries. Uh, and he, she just kept going and going. And then he says, the unjust judge says, I'm going to avenge her unless she wear me to death, basically, is what he said. And he says, when the Lord comes, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, are you going to still be faithful? Are you going to believe that God can deliver you? Amen. Are you going to have faith and trust? Are you going to be looking for Jesus when he comes again? You see, if you have recognizable faith, that means you're planning and you're looking for Jesus to come back again. So that starts with having that prayer life. Paul told the church at Thessalonica that we should pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus 
concerning you. Amen. Pray without ceasing. So, you know, when a thought comes to your mind of a saint or, or family member, someone that's not saved, amen, or situation that someone has brought to your attention, uh, you know, you can go to God in prayer. You don't have to be in the church to pray. You can pray in your car, but keep your eyes open. Amen. You can pray on your job, sitting at your desk, but do your work. Amen. Or, or whatever you are having to do, just keep your eyes on what you're supposed to do. And you can take five or ten seconds, fifteen seconds, uh, or an intercede for a situation or circumstance. Or when it's your break time on your job or whatever. Amen. You can steal away and, and you can pray. Amen. If you're in Walmart or something and, uh, and the cashier look like they're not having a good day. Amen. One of the ways you can exercise and with recognizable faith uh, is ask them, is everything okay? Or if there's something you can pray about. Uh, and as a result, if they tell you what to pray about, don't, don't say we'll pray about it later. Pray right there. That's recognizable faith. You're believing that God will hear you right there. Amen. You don't have to make a show. You don't have to make a display. Just, you know, you and that individual can pray together. So it's important that we pray and seek God. Number two, amen, to have recognizable faith, you have to stop being negative and murmuring. Amen. Don't be negative that we see what happened when the children of Israel will send in the ten spies. Uh, Moses sent uh, twelve spies in, but ten of them came back, the Bible tells us in Numbers 13, that they came back and they gave a negative report or an evil report. Amen. They brought back. Amen. And as a result, their negative or an evil report destroyed the faith of everyone else. Amen. Those men was chosen, amen, because there was something in them. And as a result, they should have been the ones that believed God and God's ability to do what God says he would do. Those of us, we've been called by God, amen. And so, therefore, we should not have a negative attitude or an evil attitude, the Bible calls it, and murmur and complain, amen. Those ten spies, amen, notice you don't hear anything else other about them in the whole scriptures after. You know, all we hear about is they gave a negative report. You don't even hear their names mentioned. But the other two guys whose faith was recognizable to the people was Joshua and Caleb. And you hear their names mentioned again and again throughout scripture. Amen. And so therefore... Because they gave a good report, amen, and their faith in God's ability, amen, they're mentioned more and more. And so, therefore, we need to have this same kind of attitude and have good faith and trust in God. If God sent us to do something, we already know the Scripture has already told us. In Matthew 28, the Bible tells us that God tells us that He won't leave us. Amen. He says, I will be with you always to the ends of the earth. Amen. So until God comes again, He's going to be with us. Moses says He didn't bring us out to leave us. He brought us out to bring us in. We're going to a better place. So we need to have our faith recognized. And the way we do that is to speak optimistic and not uh, a pessimistic and evil. Amen. We need to have recognizable faith. Amen. We need to look at every situation, no matter how evil it looks. Amen. The same way right now with this coronavirus, uh, a lot of people is looking at it from an evil way and a lot of murmuring and a lot of complaining is starting to take place. Amen. That's going to destroy faith. But those of you and I, amen, who have, amen, a trust and a faith in God, we must be optimistic, uh, amen, because the fact of the matter is we've got exceeding the precious promises, the Bible tells us, because God has said already, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you. 
Call upon me in the times of trouble, and I will hear you and deliver you, and you will glorify my name. Amen. There's too many scriptures of faith and and trust and hope. Uh, David says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They're brought down and fallen. The coronavirus uh, is not compatible to the name of Jesus. Uh, Nothing is higher than my God. Amen. Nothing is able to stop my God. Amen. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ever ask or think uh, according to the power that works in me. Amen. Just because I obey, amen, the governor, just because I obey the president of the United States uh, in this regard doesn't mean I don't have faith. Uh, Amen. It means I have faith. It means I'm obedient to those that are over me. Amen. As I would be, uh, as if I was on a job, if I was working a job, amen, I would be obedient to the man that was paying me for the job. Amen. Praise God. We don't murmur. We don't complain. Matter of fact, the psalmist says in Psalm 77.3, I complained and I got overwhelmed. Amen. If you say you're a Christian and all you do is murmur and complain, ain't nobody going to believe you're a Christian. Your faith is not going to be recognized. If you walk around murmuring, complaining, the Igor, Eeyore rather, attitude, nobody's going to believe you're a Christian. You know, if you're fearful, amen. So avoid these things. You want to look for the good in everything. Number three, don't be selfish and self-centered. Don't be selfish and self-centered. Develop a heart forgiven. Develop a heart forgiven. Jesus says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For with the same measure you give, it shall be meat to you again. So you get a heart of giving, giving of yourself. You know, last year we talked about this. We, we did a whole month on the value and importance of giving. Amen. And when we give of ourselves, amen, to the things of God, we, we see that our faith grows. And so we don't want to be selfish. God has not given us that spirit within us, selfishness and self-centeredness. That don't come from God. Amen. That comes from the evil one. Amen. We are called to give a heart of giving. Develop a heart. Amen. Doing something for other people. Give of yourself. Amen. To help someone else. To make someone else better. To to assist someone. That's all recognizable faith. Amen. They see that you are Christian. They see that, yes, he's following the principles and the rules and the guide and the word that God says. Because the enemy knows what a Christian is supposed to do. But yet if you harbor and you don't give and you a penny pincher or whatever, you don't tithe. You know, one of the things I've come to realize is if you don't tithe, you don't have faith. Tithing will put you to the test. It'll put your faith to the test every time. Amen. So we have to not be selfish. We need to have a given heart. Amen. We need to learn how to give. Number four, we need to study God's Word and do what it says. Amen. We have to study God's Word and do what it says. Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, because as a Christian, if I don't have the word of God in my heart, if I don't know what's in the scripture to help me, then anytime a circumstance comes up, anytime a trial comes up, I'm going to lean to my own understanding and not lean to the word of God. Paul told us in Romans 15, 4, he said, The things which was written afore was written for our learning, 
that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture would have hope. See, so I have to get the word down within. I've got to know what is in there. The psalmist has prayed, Lord, open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. In other words, God, open it up where I can be able to see what's going on and how it applies to me, the application of it. Because if I don't know what's in the word of God, how am I going to stand on the word of God? How am I going to hold to the word of God? I can't just hold on to it because you said it. You know, I need to be able to see it for myself. I need to be able to digest it and search it and get an understanding how it applies to me so that I know it's there so that my faith will be recognizable. Because the way your faith becomes recognizable is the more God's Word comes into you, the more your faith is going to grow. The Bible says, amen, that faith, Romans ten seventeen. That faith cometh by hearing, and it comes by hearing the Word of God. So the more of God's Word I hear through study, through church attendance, through Bible studies, the more of it I hear, the stronger my faith is going to be once I get the application of it and how it applies to my life. Amen. So we need to hide that word in us. Look at Hebrews 4, verse 2. Hebrews 4, verse 2. Paul, who some credit with this book that is written, notice what Paul says here. For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the word preached to them did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Notice. Amen. He said the same gospel that was preached to them was preached to us. He said the difference is when we heard it, we mixed faith with it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it profits us, but it didn't profit them because they didn't mix it. It's kind of like making a cake. If you don't mix it up, man, you're going to have a mess. You know, it's not going to be a cake. But once you mix it up and you get the beater going and you add the sugar and you add the eggs and you add the flour, you add the cake mix, uh, you're going to get a good cake. But if you just bring it out and says, well, I think I'm going to have a cake today. And you put the batter in the bowl, but you don't put any sugar and eggs and, 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 and water and you just mix it up a little bit and throw it in the pan, you got a mess, man. And you you tell somebody you know how to cook. Who's going to believe you? Nobody's going to believe you know how to cook. You know, if everything you cook, you burn. You know, who's going to believe you? But if you throw a good steak on or some good potatoes or good casserole, man, and that thing is right and mixed right and everything is mixed right. And the next thing you know, people sit down and their plates are clean and they're asking you for the recipe and everything. You know what they're going to say? Boy, that girl can cook. Man, that guy can cook. You know, and what does that do? It gives you confidence and your abilities to cook. Amen. Because people are edifying and building you up. You think you can cook now. So you want to try something else. Well, it's the same way with the Word of God. Amen. When you believe God and you mix this gospel and the faith, amen, your, the God's Word with your faith, and it begins to grow, you're going to start believing that what God says about you, and you are. And what God says you can do, you can do. Amen. You're going to have to believe that. Praise God. I, I can remember that when I went to air assault school and they told us that we need to do the Australian repel. I said, man, I'm not doing that. I don't know if this rope going to hold me or not. You know, I'm coming out of that helicopter head first, you know, up in the air, you know, 30-something feet in the air, and now you want me to run out with my head first? I said, man, this rope might break, you know. But they encouraged me to try it. 
And when I tried it, I liked it. <laughs> and, and because I liked it, then I didn't want to stop doing it. And from that point on, I wasn't afraid to try it anymore. Amen. We have to study the Word of God. James even tells us in James 1.22, he said, don't just be a hearer of God's Word. Become a doer of it. Put it in action. Try it. Amen. Try and see what it says and try and see what it will do. You know, keeping this scripture in mind. Amen. Don't just be a hearer of God's Word, but be a doer of it. Notice, if you ever read Mark chapter 5, with the woman with the issue of blood. We hear that story constantly, you know. But the Bible says that this woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, and she had spent all she had, and she got worse. But someone told her about Jesus. She heard the words about Jesus. And from that standpoint, it looks like what the Scripture says, that she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garments, I know I will be made whole. And for some reason, she built her faith and trust in God's ability to heal her if she could get to him and just touch the hem of his garments. And the Bible says... And Mark chapter 5 there, that she, Jesus came through the city. He was on his way to a man named Jairus' house to heal his daughter. And as a result, the woman pressed her way through the crowd, and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and immediately her blood condition ceased. And Jesus turned around and says, who touched me? And the disciple says, Lord, everyone is thrown in thee. Everybody is touching you, Jesus. And Jesus says, oh, no. Someone touched me, for I have felt virtue go out of my body. And he turned around and seen the woman, and she came and knelt down and told him everything that was going on in her life. And Jesus says to her, daughter, great is thy faith, thy faith has made thee whole. Amen. Recognizable faith. This story is for you and me. It is a story of recognizable faith. She just heard about Jesus. And she had all indication. She had met him. But somebody told her about Jesus Christ. And as a result, they told her, I believe, that he was a healer. What he had did to someone else to heal them, his capabilities, and as a result, she put her trust in him. And as a result, she says, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. She said, I don't need to touch him. If I can just get a close to get a hold of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. Wow, what faith and belief in God. How much more should you and me, amen, if we say that we are Christians, believe God's abilities, uh, and our faith should be recognizable day in and day out. Uh, when we have a situation, when we don't feel good, when things aren't going right, amen, we trust God, we believe God, we go to Him in prayer, we get a hold of His Word, and we cling to His Word, and we hold to His Word Amen. Because his word will not return void, Jesus said. It will accomplish that whereunto I please it and prosper in the things whereunto I have sent it. And you shall go out with joy and shall be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorns shall come up the fair tree. And instead of the briars shall come up the murder tree. And it shall be for a name unto the Lord and for a sign that will never be cut off. Amen. Think about it. Amen. God's word will accomplish what he sends it to do. We just have to put it in action. Praise God. Amen. We have to study God's word in order for our faith to be recognizable. Number five is we have to be an active listener. Amen. We have to be a good listener in order for our faith to be recognized. 
a lot of times, you know, you, you, you see some people, they, they just talk all the time. You know, they, they don't listen. See, you have to learn how to listen. James tells us in James 1.19, he says, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. In other words, let every man be quick to hear or swift to hear. You know, you gain knowledge by listening. You know, you get to know things by listening. A lot of times, one of the worst things that will destroy your faith in Christ is if someone else is talking and you interrupt them. You just keep interrupting them every time they try to say something. You know, I've seen it all the, a lot of times. You know, people are trying to tell something or say something, and people keep interrupting them, and finally the person just stopped talking. You know, the person might be going through something, and they're getting ready to share what they're going through, which would give you an opportunity to show your faith. But you interrupt. And so, and as a result of that, they harbor back up. Say, they, they probably already know that you said you're a Christian, and they probably think, well, yeah, I could probably share, you know, what I'm going through with this person, because they're a Christian, and maybe they can give me some advice or give me an answer. But if you interrupt them before they're able to tell you what they're going through and what they're facing, they're going to climb up. And as a result, they're going to say hey, within themselves, I believe that person ain't a Christian. They don't even know how to listen. So Paul says, I mean, James, excuse me. James says, let every man be quick to hear. Find out what is going on, first of all, and then... You can be able to give an intelligent spiritual answer. Amen. Back to the individual, because God's word won't return void. It accomplished that which is pleasing. So we need to be swift to hear, slow to speak. Amen. Don't feel like you've always got to be in the conversation. Don't feel like you've always got to give your opinion. You know, Listen sometimes and be slow to speak because sometimes you get, I've seen people get to running off at the mouth and the next thing you know, somebody will say to me, well, so-and-so said, you know, and then you have to make a decision. Why would so-and-so tell you that when it's not true, but they say they are Christian? And, 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 you know, you want to tell the individual, well, I'm sorry, but they told you a lie. You know, but if you do that, you just destroy that other individual because they're never going to believe them. See? So we have to be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Amen. The Bible tells us that anger rests them in the bosoms of fools. And the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. See? So we have to realize, amen, this. Now, one of the things you find out here is that when people don't listen, 90% of the time they're disobedient. 90% of the time they're disobedient to what God is asking and what God's Word says, and usually they don't know what's in God's Word. A lot of times they're going off hearsay. See, if you, you, we find this in Saul. Think about this for a moment. Saul lived his whole 40 years as a king before he was killed in battle and fear. His whole 40 years, from the time he was anointed to be the king of Israel, he lived his whole 40 years as the king of Israel in fear. When the people from the onset says, where is our king? Where is the one that God is going to give us to lead us? And God says, he's hiding behind his stuff. He was hiding. He didn't even want to come out. And we see that throughout. Amen. When the Philistines was coming, you know, 
and the people starting to spread away from him, the first thing he did was he took matters into his own hands, start doing sacrifices, which God had commanded for the Levites. Amen. And as a result, when Samuel came, he says, what in the world have you done? And he said, well, I forced myself. You see, he's disobedient the whole time. His faith never seemed to grow. If you are a disobedient individual, your faith is never going to grow. Amen. And that's going to destroy your faith and your abilities and your trust in God. And I believe is because it start with Saul not listening from the onset. And because he didn't listen to what God was saying and what Samuel was giving him, as a result of that, amen, he became disobedient. And because he became disobedient, amen, he continued to live in fear. And his faith never grew in God's ability to accomplish what God was trying to do through him. When you look at Scripture, you find that God gave Saul everything he needed to be successful as the king of Israel. Amen. God knew that when the people says, you know, we want a king like everybody else, a good father realized, okay, I'm going to let you have your way, but I'm still going to look out for you. So, and as a result, the Bible says, amen, when Saul didn't show, and then when Saul left, God sent with him a band of men whose heart God had touched. Amen. God had already given him what he needed to be successful. When you look at the men that God gave to King Saul, there was nothing that would have been able to stop them. And when David showed up, amen, he had David on his side. And David and Jonathan would have, no doubt in my mind, became a duo that could not be stopped. Amen. And God knew this, but Saul let jealousy because you go back. He didn't listen to the words of the prophet, which was the words of God. And as a result of that, his faith was destroyed. Amen. Because of his lack of listening, and he became disobedient to the word of God. He's kept taking matters into his hands. Amen. And when Samuel asked him, Have the Lord so great a light and, and sacrifice than to obey the word of God? He said, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fats of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as idolatry and iniquity. And he said, because you have defiled the word of God, or disobeyed the word of God, God is taking your kingdom away. So he lived this whole 40 years in fear because of disobedience and not listening to God's word. No recognizable faith. No recognizable faith. His men were so distressed in First Samuel 14. They were sitting under the trees, so hungry, so distressed. You know, they couldn't even go into battle. Amen. Because their leader had no recognizable faith. None whatsoever. He was he was disobedient to God's word. If you obey God's word, your faith is going to go off the charts. Amen. It'll be strong. So instead of living 40 years in faith, he lived 40 years in fear. Now look at David, on the other hand. David believed in God. As soon as he heard Goliath, you know, everybody's backed up. David says, ho, 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 ho. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's defying the armies of the living God? I'll fight him. And when David went out and Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you should come out? In other words, like you some little boy, you're going to come out here. You know, he says, I'm going to rip you apart and give your cockers to the birds and to the beasts of the field. David said, yeah, right, bud. You come to me with the sword and the spear and the shield. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, whom you're defiling. And this day he will deliver you 
into my hands. And David reached in his bag and pulled out one of those stones uh, and put it in his slingshot. And when it released, the place, the only place that was open in the armor of Goliath was right here between his eyes. And as a result, that's where that stone landed. And he fell flat on his face. And David ran up to him, jumped up on him because he didn't have a sword. He reached down and he pulled out Goliath's sword and he cut his head off. And the Bible says David took Goliath's sword, he took his armor, he took his head, and he brought it back into the camp of Israel and he gave Saul the head, but his armor he put in his tent. He kept his first victory. Amen that he ever conquered, amen, against the enemy of Israel. Yes, David had defeated the bear and the lion, but a man, as far as we concern, of the enemy of the Philistines, he had never conquered before. And so he took Goliath's armor and he put it in his tent. And you notice uh, David's faith began to grow, amen. He began to, to operate in the spirit of God, leading him and directing him. Amen. To everything he would do. And David was listening to God. David was praying. David was not selfish about what he was doing. He took care of the people that was brought to him. David was not evil and negative speaking. He was always optimistic. That's why when you read the Psalms uh, from the onset of Psalms 1, David says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standing in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, who shall bring forth his fruit in his season, and whatsoever he doeth shall not shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so, for they are soon removed as the chaff from the wind. For the ungodly shall not stand in, the, in judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Amen. David had confidence uh, in Psalms 3. He says, Lord, how increase are they that trouble me? Many are they which rise up against me. Many there be which saith of my soul, there is no help for me in God. But thou, Lord, art shield for me. You are the glory, and you are the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, uh, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I lay me down and I slept. I'll wait for the Lord sustain me. I will not be afraid of ten thousand of people which have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belong unto thee, and your blessing are upon your people. Amen. He said, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For it was founded upon the seas, and established upon the flood. Who shall ascend in the hills of the Lord? Or who shall dwell in his holy place? He that hath clean hands, and a pure heart, who have lifted his soul to vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings of the Lord, and the righteousness of our God. But this are they that seek him, that seek that face, O Jacob. Selah, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong in money, the Lord money in battle. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, you everlasting Last indoors, uh, and the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord of Hosts. He's the King of Glory. He says, "Now I know that the Lord will save His anointed." That's faith. He will hear Him from His holy heaven with the saving strength of His right hand. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen. And stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the king hear me when I call. And then he goes on in Psalms 27. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. 
And whom shall I be afraid when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh? They stumble and they fall. Though a host should encamp against me, and this I will not fear. Though war shall rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the times of trouble, he will hide me in his provision and the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me on a rock and now shall my head be lifted above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, when I open his tabernacle, the sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Because David listened to what God said. He listened to what the prophet says. Amen. And he listened to what God says. And as a result, he was an obedient servant of the Lord. And as a result of that, he had recognizable faith. Amen. And when Jesus came on the scene constantly, he would say to the religious leaders, have you not read what David did? Amen. In other words, if you just realized what he had did, you would have recognized who I was and who I am, and your faith in me would have been just like his. That's why Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he began to preach, and he says, amen. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the mix as you all, you yourselves also know. Him having been delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have with wicked hands uh, crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosened the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. But David, speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always at my face. Uh, he's at my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore was my heart rejoiced uh, and thy tongues was glad. Moreover my flesh shall find rest in hope. Uh, but thou will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou will make known to me the ways of life. Thou hast made full my joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriot David that he's both dead and buried in his sepulchre as with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet uh, and knowing that God has sworn to the oath to him that the fruit of his loins, uh, according to his flesh, uh, he would raise up Christ uh, and sit on his throne. He seeing this spake uh, of the resurrection that his flesh would not lift and hold. Hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This same Jesus have God raised up whereof we are also witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of the Father exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which we both now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heaven, but he himself said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on thy right hand, till I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they was pricked in their hearts and they said that Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is to you and to your children, and to all that are above, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exult, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. 
And they that gladly received this word was baptized. And they were added to them the same day about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. They stayed with it. Amen. You've got to have recognizable faith. And it start with repentance. It start with baptizing, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance and then rising and walking and new life. You can have recognizable faith. All you got to do is start praying. All you got to do is start void in the negative. All you got to do is not be selfish. Study God's word. Apply God's word. Amen. And become an active listener. And don't be obedient to the things of God's word that you hear. And your faith will grow in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Woo! I feel good, just like the Bible said. Hallelujah, man. I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Amen. Recognizable faith. Amen. That's what God wants out of all of us is to have this faith. Amen. That he has given us. He has given us. Isn't it amazing that faith came with the Holy Ghost? Amen. He gave us some faith with the Holy Ghost. And we just need to add some stuff to it so that it grows. Just like a tree, man. You plant a tree, you got to give it some water. Amen. You got to give it a little fertilizer every now and then. You know, pretty soon you'll have some apples. You'll have some oranges. You'll have some fruit coming off that, that tree. But if you don't do anything with it, it's going to sit right there and die. Amen. And you can make it happen. Praise God. Thanks. Thanks. I give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Oh, thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Oh, thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Father, we do thank you. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word of continuous blessings upon us, God. Lord, we do truly appreciate all that you do for us, God, and everything. And God, we pray for this situation again of this virus. God, I know you are able, Lord God, and my trust is in you. And God, everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, whether here or on the airways, oh God, I know that your word will not return void, God. It will accomplish that which you please it, O oh God. And I pray, God, that those that may not have faith tonight or those that may be discouraged or those that may be walking in uncertainty, O oh God, of those that may have a loved one, Lord, tonight, that may be sick in body, O oh God, of those that have major decisions that they need to make in their lives, O oh God. Lord, I pray tonight that you would come along beside them, Lord, and that you would hold their hand, O oh God, and that you would walk with them, God, and that you would whisper a word in their ear, God, and let them know that it's going to be all right, O oh God. Hold their hand, God. Cradle them as only you 
you know how to love us, O God. You are the one that can comfort and build us, O God, in every way. Oh, God, I pray for everybody tonight, uh, all over the globe, oh, God, those that are fearful tonight. Uh, God, be peace. Uh, oh, God, your word tell us to rejoice evermore. And I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men, that the Lord is at hand. To Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, to let our requests be made known unto you. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding will keep our hearts and minds through you, Jesus. And I'm thankful tonight for your people. God, I know they're there tonight, and I pray that you would go in every home, in every life, in every circumstance every child, that you would bless them, God, strengthen them, direct them. Oh, God, I pray for our president and his cabinet and the people that has to make decisions. Oh, God, please give them wisdom. Please give them knowledge. Please give them understanding, God. Bless America, oh, God. Bless our nation. Bless the people. Bless our allies. Bless those, oh, God, in every nation, in every country, in every kindred, in every tongue. Our churches, oh, God, all over the world, the saints of God behind the iron curtain, the saints of God in China, the saints of God in Iran, all over the place, God, wherever your children are, please bless them, God, and keep your hand upon them. Draw others. Let recognizable faith be seen, oh, God, that others would come to know you. And we give you honor. We give you glory, Father. And we give you wonderful praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. Amen. And words of announcement. I'll get Sunday morning prayer at 9 o'clock. Pray in your home. Amen. And then at 9.30, we will start our discipleship class. We've been talking about the epistles of First John. Amen. Please join with us. Amen. In that as well. And we are going to just keep walking through the word of God, increasing our faith in the Lord. And then at 1030, we will have our worship service. Amen. We'll be magnifying the Lord in song and the word. Amen. So you don't want to miss that. We love you. We appreciate you. Amen. Our website is cacatlacrosse.org or on Facebook Live, Calvary Apostolic Church, comma, UCPCI. Amen. And God bless each and every one. Bless you.